I saw God giving him a platform in Hollywood, this one. I saw him becoming very known and very famous. I don't know what you do, but I saw your star just going Because when I looked at him, I saw him becoming as big as Kevin Hart, this one. Oh, what do you do? Stand up comedy. In the realms of the spirit, when you were carrying him, there was a big challenge in the realm of the spirit. It was a difficult pregnancy to yeah. carry him. Yeah. To the point that it looked like you're going to lose him at some point. Yeah. Because I remember, I am seeing it in the realms of the spirit. When you're about four months going to five months, yeah. I saw you bleeding that yeah. you thought that you actually lost him. Yes, yes. Prophesy. So I am trying to understand what these two angels are saying because I'm hearing one saying, God with us, and the other one is saying Emmanuel. Uh, what is that? I saw him doing this, throwing seeds. When people are throwing seeds, it means they have a calling, a pastoral calling to feed people and to raise people. Huh? You say what? In the realm of the spirit, you see what is on your shirt. The Lord said me, your name is what is on your shirt. Hallelujah! What is your name? Rose. What do you have on your shirt? Hallelujah! Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. Where's my mama Ghana power? I saw fire jumping from her and coming to you, and I'm trying to understand why. When I looked at you, I saw her. When I saw her, I saw you. Are you a nurse? You're in the medical field. Yeah. Go to her. Put the mic on her. I'm a nurse. Were you married before? Okay. Go to my mama Ghana. I'm divorced. I saw somebody else with a name like Campbell. Campbell. As I was walking in the realms of the spirit, God says that he's about to bless the Campbell family. Prophesy. I saw somebody in the Bible called Anna, but God said no, Anne. Tracy Anne. Ah. Prophesy. I saw God taking words and ran with it to the ends of the world. What does he do? Who is like Ogaga Ogaga? Do you know somebody called Kenny? Kenny, that's me. Is Kenny Ogba Ogaga. Kenny Ogba Ogaga. Professor. Who has a name that starts with like an M? Just said Maria. Maria. <laughs> because I was looking at you there, I'm seeing an M on your forehead. I saw God putting a garment on somebody called. Jonathan. My first name. Prophesy. Prophesy. In 2013, you are not supposed to be here. Hey! You had surgery. Major surgery. I looked at you and I saw an x-ray. I saw your body beyond the flesh. And the Lord told me that we need to pray for his lungs. I'm sick right now. Where? In the lungs. You've seen me before. I've never seen you before. How yeah. can I know these things? The one thing about you, you are real.
You're so mighty, but you're full of compassion. You're the giver of a life everlasting. You're the savior of the world, Messiah. All I need, I find in you, provider. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you, my heart sings. Perfect, sovereign king, God of everything. Glory, glory to you. I lift my hands to worship. I lift my eyes to seek your holy face. I lift my voice. To honor you, yeah. There's no one else like you, Lord. I lift you. I don't understand your love. You're so patient. You surround me with your grace. It's amazing. Forgiving the way that I've been, and you changing the old me, old me. Didn't know who I could be till you show me. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful. Glory, glory to you. My heart sings. Perfect, sovereign king. God of everything. Glory, glory. God bless everybody. This is the Prophet Lovi. And uh, I thank all of you for being on here with me. And I believe that the Lord Jesus is going to bless you in a mighty and special way. Uh, I want you as much as you can to, to, um, to share this. Let somebody know. Uh, I want you to message somebody. Uh, could you check that if it's completely closed? Uh, I want you to let somebody know that the prophet is live. And today I'm going to be teaching you something that is very paramount. That it is the biggest hindrance to everybody that is trying to follow the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, so many people have been hindered not because God is not with them. Not because they have not heard the voice of God. But so many people have been hindered because you don't even know what the gospel is. So we are preaching messages that are good, but they are not good for this time. Let me explain it. 
for every error and for every time, God, God would send a different message to a different people at different times. The Lord God never, ever, ever used the same message for everybody. To the woman at the well, he asked her, where are your husbands? She said, uh, I have no husbands. He says, well, you have five and the one that you're living with now is not even your husband. The woman was shocked. Then to another, he will say, follow me. To another, he will say, I will make you a fisher of men. Notice the message of the Lord Jesus was always tailored to who he was speaking to. I'll say that again. The message of the Lord Jesus was always tailored to who he was speaking to. Amen. The church, not all the church, but a lot of the people in church don't even know what the gospel is. So they preach an outdated message to a people that are in a different time. Remember, we are living in the time that the Lord Jesus is about to come. The Lord Jesus is about to be here. What is the gospel, really? And why is it that people look at the church as a ground of condemnation instead of a place that people come to receive salvation and life? When people think about the church, they're thinking about, oh, they're going to condemn me. They're going to say this about me. They're going to do that about me. They're going to push me this way. They're going to push me that way. But then if you look at the core heart of God, it's very different from what people are, are representing. Yeah. Simply because Christians are not dedicated to even know the message that they are preaching. The Lord Jesus said this. He said, we know when it's going to rain because the clouds will tell us that it's about to rain. Yes. We know when the winds are going to be strong because the winds tell us that it's going to be strong. But believers don't know the signs of the time. Notice what the Lord Jesus said. They don't know the signs of the time. What time is it that you are in? The time that you're in determines the message that will be spoken. I am not saying sin is wrong. To say this is sin. No, it's very good. But that is not the gospel. To say hell is this. If you do this, repent or go to hell. Knowing knowledge about hell is good. But that's not what makes you go into heaven. Nor is it what allows God to receive you. They are good things. But they are not the gospel. Amen. I'll say that again. They are good things, but they are not the gospel. There are so many people right now that have blood on their hands because they pushed people to a place. They pushed people to a place where they could not receive God because they gave them the wrong message. Let me give you an example. You cannot tell a two-year-old, well, even two-year-old is too young. You cannot tell a five-year-old and try to explain to them the realities of life, having a job, having to work a nine to five and things like that. They will yeah. never understand yeah. it. Never. If you take that child and say, you have to work and make money, they will never really get it. You may push them 
to do difficult labor, but they don't even really understand what is really going on. There are so many nations that push children into child labor. That's why in certain countries, they protect children because they have not even developed to a place whereby they've enjoyed life, they've understood, they've gone through childhood, they've experienced these things in order for them to know why they need yes, to yes. actually labor. Now remember, somebody who received Jesus is not a mature person. In the realms of the spirit, that person is still a baby. The person is still a suckling, he's still on milk. And we know that because the Apostle Paul says it clearly. He says, why are you still drinking milk? Don't you think it's time for meat? Why are you still caught up with the things that have to do with milk? Can we enter into meat so that we can get to the bone? You know when you eat the chicken and you get to the bone and you have to... And <laughs> that's where God wants us to go. But people still want to be on milk. The reason why people are still on milk is because... We never allowed babies to grow. We put the work of a grown-up on a baby. It, first, it, 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 it put a constraint on their growth. Because they are trying to be grown-ups, they are trying to fill your shoes. They are trying to fill shoes that they have not grown into, nor do they understand how it works. Are you there, people? I need you to share this and let me know that you are there. So, it becomes something that is more shocking to their system, that they are not able to digest what God actually truthfully has for them. Mm -hmm. Because now what people are doing is they are chasing their tail instead of chasing after God. I don't know if somebody is following me. Are you guys here? I want you to share this. I want you to send it to somebody. Because the truth is supposed to make you free. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, then the truth shall make you free. The Bible does not say the truth, it does not say the truth shall set you free. The Bible says the truth shall make you free. There's a difference between being set free and being made free. To be set free, it means that somebody can take you against your will and keep you. Even after you have been set free. But to be made free is you no longer are controlled by that thing that you came out from. That's good. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Anybody that tells you that God is angry at mankind is a liar. God is not. God is not angry at any human being. God wants everybody to receive the sacrifice of his son. But God is not angry at mankind. Yeah. There are so many people that grew up, you are being forced to go to church. You never wanted to go to church. Your father or mother was the one pushing you. You must go to church. You hated church. Some of you grew up and you never went to church again because of what we are talking about today. I don't know if somebody's there. Yeah, we're here. 
<laughs> I want you to look at this quickly. Can you go there? Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, from verse 4 to 5. Isaiah 53, 4 to 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah 53, uh, verse 4 to 5. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Mm -hmm. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Read it one more time. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, mm -hmm. smitten of God, and mm -hmm. afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Okay, check, read also Romans 4.25. Romans 4 25 mm -hmm. who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification one more time who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification so Jesus raising up it means we have been justified meaning that meaning that if Jesus never rose up we are still condemned so Jesus was very important for the Lord Jesus to rise up so that God is no longer condemning us. It was unto our justification that the Lord Jesus was raised. Mm -hmm. Read another scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 to 3. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the mm -hmm. gospel which I preached unto you, mm -hmm. which also ye have received, mm -hmm. and wherein ye stand, mm -hmm. by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, mm -hmm. unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Notice what is the gospel? Is Jesus dying for you? And you have to understand the word gospel means eugelion. Eugelion means the too good to be true news. So good news cannot say you're going to hell. <laughs> Are you catching what I'm saying? Yeah. That is why it's called the gospel. The gospel means the good news. Let me tell you why preaching sin and hell is not the gospel. Number one, if you preach sin and hell, what you're telling people is that you need to justify yourself and what Jesus did was not enough. Mm -hmm. Because now you are making it about you. Coming to God. And remember number two. 
We are not reconciling ourselves to God. It is God that reconciled himself unto us. That is the good news. That is what the gospel is. Is that God reconciled himself unto us. Not us unto God. No man came to God and said, God, now we are ready to be good with you. It was God himself that took the form of a man and made a deal with himself for our sake. He appeared as a man on earth and he was also in heaven. The one on earth sacrificed himself unto himself and made a deal with himself for our sake. It was God reconciling us to himself, not us reconciling ourselves to him. So if somebody tells you the gospel is saying, this is sin, you are going to hell. You need to receive Jesus because hell is hot. Hell is going to kill you. Hell is going to, is the second death is worse. That is not the gospel because the gospel is that God has reconciled himself to man. Receive that reconciliation. That is the good news. Yeah. The message of sin and hell is that, listen, because we are in sin, we are destined for hell. That is not good news. Because remember, man never solved the sin issue. It was God that solved the sin issue. I feel like I'm talking to myself. It is God himself that felt sorry for mankind. He said, listen, if I leave these people, I will lose them all. You know what? Let me reconcile myself unto them. So Jesus came to save us from sins. Notice who came. God himself came to save us. Meaning we were destined for hell. So because we were destined for hell, when God came, we had good news that we no longer have to go to hell. That's what the gospel is. It's just common sense. And you neither overcome, and neither, let me tell you the the honest truth. No one goes into heaven because you're afraid of hell. This is why preaching hell is not a good thing. It is not bad to teach people about hell, but to say because of hell, you need to get saved because of hell. Aish, it's, it's, you're, you're, it's, you're preaching the wrong thing. Let me tell you why you're preaching the wrong thing. Number one, let's make it very simple. Your neighbor that you just see going in and out of his house, all of a sudden he's afraid of, of a thief that was coming to kill him. Or not even thief, people who are trying to kill him that you don't know what the story really is. So the person befriends you so that he can live in your house so that he can be safe. Will you let that person in your house? Will that love be for real or will that love be based off, I am afraid of dying, so I'm going to be your friend so that you can protect me? I want you to really think about that. Somebody loving you because they will avoid death. That's not love, that's deception. You know what, I'm going to give my life to God because I'm afraid of hell. Aish, you don't have love in you. Heaven is for those who love God. That is why you cannot preach destruction. 
you have to reveal the reconciliation of God to man. Because that is what will make man want to follow God. Not the fact that they are afraid. Anybody that you tell them right now, you know what? Your city is going to be destroyed. They will leave the city. Not because they wanted to, but because they are afraid to die. So many people are trying to, and that message, what that message does, what that message basically does is it pushes people into works instead of the works of faith. Mm -hmm. The works of faith positions you to believe, to desire, to walk with God, that God will help you through this walk and not yourself. Because you know you are not enough. <coughs> because he reconciled you and me unto himself. He, it will take him to take us through this journey. I feel like I'm talking to myself. The people now, somebody asked, says they are concerned about people who receive the Lord Jesus on their deathbed. No, God gave them a final chance to get it right. God gave them a final chance to get it right. But I'm saying purely, people on their deathbed, they usually consider their whole life, Aish, I didn't really live good. Aish, I need God's mercy. It's different than somebody who's saying, I am afraid of hell, so I'm going to go to Jesus. That's a different story. Yeah. Then somebody who has thought about his life and said, you know what? Let me give my life to God. I'm going to him anyway. But somebody who was convicted because of a scary message is not genuinely receiving God because they were scared. They didn't do it out of faith because you receive Jesus out of faith. You don't get people saved because of feelings of condemnation. That's wrong. That is why we have so many people pretending in church and cannot grow. Can I tell you the truth? Uh, let me say something. Uh, um, after the prophetic school that, that I did, that was very powerful. People traveled from all over. So many people were blessed. So many people were changed. But there are some people that heard me teach about things that they created some rumors out of, about it that I'm teaching people occultic stuff and things like that. Yesterday, for the first time, I sat down with one of my sons and I said, you know, I don't think people understand what God has given them. And because they don't understand that, I don't even think they deserve the gift that God has given me to offer them. For the first time in my life, I considered that what is the point of me even teaching these things to bring people close to God? But the Lord reminded me something. The Lord Jesus reminded me of something. I sent you for those who will listen. Amen. We're listening. And this was coming from, 
from people who serve God were saying this about me. And I just realized that people don't realize the goodness of God and they don't understand why they're still in milk level and they will never come out of it. For the first time I sat down and I considered it. I said, what is the point? Everybody that was there, did I not give scriptures for everything? <laughs> you did. If you see me and you think that I'm somebody that is serving the devil, I feel sorry for you. Then if the Lord Jesus ever came, you would not even recognize him. First Peter 2.24. I actually, for the first time, but then I realized that, you know what? Some people are still holding on to traditions. That is why they cannot enter into what God has. For the first time, I actually was like, wow. This is why you find many times I was explaining to my spiritual son, I was telling him that so many can never receive prophets because when prophets are sent to you, they are sent to transform your life and to lead you to where God is. Amen. But men who like to lead you to themselves will never allow you. They will always take, God literally said, I am sending prophets among you. Some of you will kill them. Why is it that people are always killing prophets? Why are they always talking about prophets? Why is it always persecuting prophets? Because people that God sends to give you the light, the devil will always create conspiracies around them to remove you from receiving that. I was talking to the great, to the great prophet, uh, my, my mentor, prophet Evidence, and he comforted me last night and he told me, you know, these things, they come, but God will fight for you and God will show you. If he didn't talk to me, one of the people, if he did not talk to me, Aish, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do this because it doesn't matter what is going on. I always commit myself to give you the truth so that you can walk better with God. I was scared. I looked and I was like, Aish, I was so disappointed. But it is because when somebody is not spiritual and when somebody's intent of the heart is wrong, mm -hmm. they can never receive what God has for them. So somebody who is used to sin and somebody who loves sin, if you come and tell them preaching sin and hell is not the gospel, they will say, how? Why? Because they are talking about themselves. They are not talking about what God is saying. Read, read, read what I just gave you. Mm -hmm. yeah. First Peter chapter 2. Mm -hmm. Verse 24, mm -hmm. who his own self bear our sins in his own body mm -hmm. on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now notice this, what is righteousness? The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. The Bible says Jesus is our righteousness. The Bible does not say we need to live righteous. 
the Bible says Jesus is our righteousness. So somebody that cannot live their life through Jesus will never enter heaven because righteousness is not you trying to do good. Righteousness is receiving what Jesus did and focusing on what Jesus did. Whatever you focus on, wherever your eyes go, that's where you go. Your eyes cannot be looking behind and you're going forward. You will end up falling in a pit. You only walk in the direction that you're looking. We have so many people talking about, hey, you know, uh, sin is bad. Yes, sin is bad, but preaching sin is not the gospel. The gospel that we are supposed to be preaching is in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And Isaiah 61. Mm -hmm. This is the mission statement of the Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 4 verse 18, quickly. And this is the reason why so many people cannot overcome sin. Mm -hmm. Luke 4 verse 18. Mm -hmm. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yes. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm -hmm. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, uh -huh. to preach deliverance to the captives, mm -hmm. and recovering of sight to the blind, uh -huh. to set at liberty them that are bruised. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Uh -huh. Keep reading. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Ah, uh -uh. to preach what? The acceptable year of the Lord. To preach what? The acceptable year of the Lord. So many people don't understand that we are in the time of grace. We are in the time of the acceptable year of God. You are in the acceptable year of God. So if somebody is accepted, why are we focusing on what disqualifies us from being accepted. Imagine you're going to get a loan for one million and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the bank is telling you, oh, listen, you know what? Actually, we want to give you a million. It's not a loan. Just come and take it to yourself. Uh, maybe I need these documents. Maybe, no, no, you don't need anything. No, are you sure I don't need my ID? You're sure I don't need my, sorry, no, you don't need that. Just come and read. No, 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 no. I, something must be fishy because it's too good. That is the point of the gospel. If what God is going to give you is, is manageable by you, how can it be good? That's One good. time I remember I was in a vision and the Lord Jesus took me out of the earth. I saw the earth like a ball. We went higher and I saw it becoming like a speck in the universe that you couldn't see it. We kept going until it turned into like some frame of reality, like it had borders. And the Lord told me, all these things in creation exist within me. And he said this, I am a big God. I always do according to my measure. Amen. Human beings want a God that can give them according to their measure. But God will never give according to his, your measure. He will give according to his measure. Amen. What you call, a, like an example, what you call a lot of money for you, Bill Gates might call it champ change. For you, $100 may be a lot. To another, $1 may be a lot. To another, $1,000 may be a lot. To Bill Gates, that's like 50 cents. <laughs> because your big is not his big. Even though you're holding the same currency, mm -hmm. your big is not his big. 
to you a, a Toyota may be the best car. To him a Rolls Royce may be equivalent to a Toyota. That is why sometimes look at people look at uh, people that God are blessing. They say you don't need that expensive car. You should have given it to sold it and given it to the poor. When they came to the Lord Jesus and said, you know, why did you allow that woman to put this perfume on you? That perfume is worth a year's wage. If you sold that, that could have been given to the poor and the poor could have eaten. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. Meaning Jesus was worth more than what was poured on him. But according to the man who received him in his house, to him that was a lot. Aish, my prophet evidence is saying the word doctor. No, I'm just trying to be like you. <laughs> so is somebody catching what I'm saying here? Yes. yes, are, yes. are you capturing what I'm saying here? Yes. It becomes very, very, very dangerous. That is why the Bible says, I will pour out a blessing and you will not have room enough to contain it. Meaning it doesn't make, it doesn't matter. If you make a room the size of a stadium, God will still overflow it. It doesn't matter if you make room the size of the earth, God will still overpower it because God is bigger than anything that he has ever made. Everything hangs on his hand. It's in the palm of his hand. Yeah. So imagine if the universe is in the palm of his hand. If he picks up a blessing the size of this cup of water, it is already bigger than what is in his hand. So his hand will always have the capacity to pick up bigger than who is about to bless. I wish somebody could catch what I'm saying. Yeah. We serve such a big, big, amazing God that will always do bigger than what you can. That's why the Bible says, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we can ask, think, or imagine. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. He doesn't just say he's able to do more. Is able to exceed. Now this good God is telling you that I have good news for you. But you think good news is attached to conditions. Mm -hmm. What does unconditional love mean? The Apostle Paul said, For God commended his love unto us while we were still in the world. Can you find that scripture for me? Mm -hmm. The Lord... The Lord commended his love for us while we were still in the world. The Lord con commended his love for us while we were still in the world. Not when we were saved, not when we were delivered, not when we were transformed, not when any of this happened. He commended his love towards us while we were still in the world, while we were still sinners. So anybody who is telling you you're going to make God love you more because now you're no longer in the world is lying to you. And I will tell you why. Read it. Uh -huh. Romans 5, 8. Uh -huh. But God commendeth his love toward us uh -huh. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God started loving you to the maximum when you are still in sin. That's why he died for you. If God wanted us to deserve the sacrifice of Jesus, he would have waited for us to change, then give us Jesus. 
You see, sometimes when you want to bless somebody that is not changing, you wait for them to change. There are people who say, Papa or Prophet, I need this. But I see their ability to manage things are not there when I gave it to them the first time. I'll tell them, if you change this, then I will help you. Until you make those changes, I won't do that. Because I want them to improve. Mm -hmm. But God commended his love for us while we were yet in sin. What does it mean? God was loving us when we were doing the biggest sin. Think about the greatest sin that you are doing. At that moment when you are at the climax of sin, that's when God said, I love you. The Bible is not saying he recommended his love unto us. He says he commended. It was sealed. He was not waiting for somebody to entice him or to push him to love you. All God wants us to do is to grow in the grace of his love. God does not, you, you cannot bribe God. How can you bribe a being that knows past, present, and future and is in all realities? He's in your past realities, in your present realities, in, in your future reality. You can't bribe him. You can't do anything to make him love you more. He already knows what you're going to do. And the truth is you have already done it. And when the Bible is saying this now, look at this. Let me show you something. I want you to read what you just read. Okay. Romans 5, 8. Mm-hmm. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> but God commended his love toward us uh-huh. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I want you to read this. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. First Peter chapter 1. All right. Mm-hmm. First Peter 1, verse 19 to 20. Mm-hmm. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a as of a lamb without blemish and mm-hmm. without spot, mm-hmm. who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll read it again. But with the precious blood of Christ, uh-huh. as of a lamb without mm-hmm. blemish and without spot, mm-hmm. who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So meaning Jesus came physically just for us, but he didn't need to because he had already died. (laughs) Read it one more time. I want people to really catch this. Read it one more time. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, Mm -hmm. who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So Jesus was simply manifested on these last days for our sake. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? It's crazy. (laughs) So you are trying to bribe somebody that already saw everything you did and what you did already happened, so he created a solution before you even did it. Before you even came on the picture. Nobody ever wrote an email saying, God die for me. God come and save me. Okay, Revelations 13, 8. 
<laughs> Revelation 13, verse 8. Mm -hmm. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Yes. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Read it one more time. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. He's saying everybody will worship him, even those who are not in the book of life. Because of Christ was slain from the foundations of the earth. So many of you think Jesus died more than 2,000 years ago, but according to the Bible, that was simply a manifestation. He died way before that. <laughs> he was crucified. Now, I want somebody to hear this. This one is going to... This one is going to poke somebody. But I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, my prophet evidence is here, but I want you to capture this. The Bible is not saying Jesus committed suicide. Because to commit suicide is to kill yourself. But it's saying from the foundations of the earth, he was already slain. Mm -hmm. Now we all know the sacrifice of Jesus was by men. So who existed first? Was it Judas or Adam? <laughs> Whose spirit was created first? <laughs> because if he has to be killed, somebody has to betray him and somebody has to crucify him. The people who crucified him was the church. The high priests always offer the offering and the sacrifice. So the high priest, the priest was the one that killed him already. And the one who caused the priest to kill him was the one that betrayed him. Mm -hmm. That is why the Lord Jesus kept saying, if Judas knew what he was actually born in this world for, he would have rejected to be born. Aish. His memory got wiped. He was <laughs> if you knew, he would have never. Let me leave it alone. Because remember, God works from the end to the beginning, not from the beginning to the end. Yeah. God tape is rolling back for God. So he sees the outcome and he's fixing it from the end to the beginning. So when we are going forward, we are actually going backwards. But it looks like we're going forward. The future is leading us to the beginning. Notice we are going back to the foundations of the earth where Jesus was slain. Not past that. We are going backwards. Aish, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Because this is another thing they will say is a wizard. <laughs> Aish. Zekatusha Aparadia Sonte Moria Costa Remember, if you read Genesis chapter number two, it says These are the generations of the earth. Can you read it for me? Genesis chapter two from verse one. Let me just calm some people down just to help them. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 1, I believe, to 2. 
Okay. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 1 to 2. Mm -hmm. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Read it one more time. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. What does that mean? Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. What is the Bible telling you? It's telling you everybody that was going to live on earth was created. Everybody that was going to live in heaven was created. The angels were created and the beings of the earth. The hosts of whatever dimension he was talking about, they were present. But they were formed in different times. Adam was the factory that flesh was going to come out of. But Adam was not the factory that spirits were going to come from. Aish. <laughs> may the Lord Jesus give us grace to understand this. The spirit is always given by God, not by man. That is why when you worry about tomorrow, just remember, tomorrow, <laughs> your tomorrow is God's yesterday. <laughs> and your yesterday, <laughs> never worry about tomorrow because God is already there. He's all in all. Yeah. So let me go back to my point. You cannot bribe somebody that already loves you. But you can please him. Notice God, the Bible talks about pleasing God. How can I please somebody? Is by complying with them. I will love my son, whether he's bad, criminal, whatever. He's my son, I love him. But when he stops doing the bad things, he pleases me. He doesn't make me love him more. He only pleases me. I can sit there and say, that's my boy. Mm -hmm. But even if he's doing wrong, he's still my boy. <laughs> Let me give you quick scriptures to read. And, and we can wrap it up. Let me finish. Let me finish before I say too much. <laughs> uh, Romans 12 21. Romans 12, 21. YouTube, 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 are you there? Romans 12, 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. One more time. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. One more time. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. One more time. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Notice the Bible is telling you, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, sin is not good. Sin is evil. So if you are focusing on sin, what are you doing? You are allowing sin to overcome you. Because now you are living a life of fear. If you want to be the best athlete in the world, you watch the best athletes in the world and you do what the best athletes in the world do. You may not be quite like them, but if you continue to do it, you become like them. 
But if you look at people who give up, that's why you watch motivational videos because they motivate you. They motivate you out of where you are. They build you up to get out of where you are. I feel like I'm talking to myself. They take you out of where you are. Facebook, are you there? Zakarabashia. Morende gishta apuravakate telemande. It takes you out of where you are. Why is it taking you out of where you are? Because you are looking at something positive. You can make it. The only thing you need is to stand up and go after it. Others have gone after it. You have two hands, two feet. You can go after it. Even people who don't have what you have are getting it. You can get it too. Notice the positivity is giving you strength to step out of weakness. Mm -hmm. So you don't come out of weakness by thinking about your weakness. Oh, I am so weak. I am the worst person on earth. My weakness is too much. I will never come out of this weakness. Oh Lord, have thou mercy upon me, for thy servant is weak. <laughs> you will never come out of that place. So the way you overcome sin, the way you overcome weakness, Maria Alves, God bless you. The way you come out of sin, the way you come out of that place is not by thinking about fornication. Because as a man thinketh so easy. So if you're always thinking about, oh, that one is fornicating, that one is doing this, guess what? You are a fornicator yourself. People who look for good things only see good things out of people and they see the weakness of a person. But the potential of their goodness will always surpass their weakness. They will push you to your strength, not to your weakness. A good teacher will encourage the child to do better. A good teacher will never condemn the weakness of the child. The truth is this. Some of you need to leave the churches you're in. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. And I'm not saying come to Prophet Lovi. There are many others that are preaching the true word of God. There's only one Prophet Lovi. But there are others that preach the same message in their own different way, according to the revelation that God has given them. That's the reality about it. That's the truth about it. You don't come out of sin by looking at the Ten Commandments. No, the Ten Commandments, will, will, that's why the Bible says you died. We died so the law has no effect, meaning that I don't need to look at it. I need to look at the law of love. I need to look at the heart of Jesus. I need to see the tenderness of Jesus, meditate on that. Then I start becoming like Jesus because the Bible says this, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if you are thinking wicked, what do you think will happen to you? Haven't you ever noticed people who are always paranoid, they live a paranoid life? People who yeah. are always afraid, they always live a fearful life. People who always uh, think that they are condemned, they always condemn people. People who judge people, they always think they are being judged. Somebody was looking at me like this. Somebody, it's because that's what you meditate on, that's what you become. It's really that simple. Romans 12, 9. 
Romans 12, 9. Yes. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Listen to what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying, cleave to that which is good. Do you know what to cleave? Cleave is not even hold on. To cleave, it means to be sewn into something. You know, when you take a, 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 a needle and you sew something into, and you sew fabric together. The Bible is saying cleave to, hang on, connect yourself, bind yourself to that which is good. That is why I love Prophet Evidence so much, because he always pushes me to do good. Let me tell you the truth. Some of you, you need to write a thank you to him right now, because I, I was like, do I even need to do life for these people? Do I even need to do that anymore? They, they, these people don't get, maybe I should, you know, that's how I felt in my heart. And he told me, I don't do that. He counseled me as an elder, as a mentor, he spoke to me, said, no, those things will happen. It means God is pushing you up. And he's not a man that talks to a lot of people, but God has given him so much love for me and I love him dearly. And let me tell you, when you cleave to that which is good, it builds you up. It makes you somebody great. When you cleave to the wrong thing, you become the wrong thing. I don't know if somebody is catching me. I'm catching you. I'm catching you. I, some of you need to type right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and let, me just, let me just say this. Let me say this to people. Just because you see somebody's name being uh, prophet this, prophet that, this and that and that. Many of the people that are, I, I, I got a message from, from one of my daughters. And um, actually another thing that uh, prophet evidence counseled me through. Aish <laughs> prophet. I owe you a lot. <laughs> and uh, and uh, some man of God, that God was using me to be of help to him, messaged this person and tried to now prophetically started speaking to them. And this is one of my daughters. Let me tell you something. Just because somebody is prophet so-and-so, uh, brother so-and-so, don't follow them. Some of them, they have messaged you trying to speak to you and things like that. Those are not men of God. A true man of God will never do that. I don't need to go into somebody's inbox to tell them what God is saying. Especially knowing that, okay, these are sheep given to so and so. If I truly have a message, why won't God tell their shepherd before me? And even if I really have one, I, need to, I have a relationship with him. Let me talk to him and address it through him so he can help his sheep. Because the goal is the message from the master. So many people, I'm telling you right now, some of you, there are some people that are friend requested you because they associate them. Their cleaving is because of evil desire, not because of the right desire. I love Apostle Omar, who I'm going to preach with in New York. We're going to have a powerful uh, prophetic service together, and I'm going to be live with him uh, at around 5 p.m. our time. I, I love 
Apostle Omar. That's a good man of God. He's a man that understands protocol and he understands how it works. He knows it. When I was talking to him and I was telling him, Apostle, whoever you want me to release the prophetic upon when I come, you tell me whom you want me to give it to. Because this is not just for anybody. He told me, uh, Prophet, whatever you think is fit. Notice I didn't just want to go there and anoint somebody and somebody starts calling themselves prophet inside the apostle's house. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Great men of God like, like prophet evidence. There are people that actually you, you connect with, you, you grow, you become more than what you used to be. People like Papa, you become more. But there are certain men of God that, 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 you know, the best time to call is small boys. They just want to be connected because they think they will become popular. True men of God have been given a ship by God and they will grow out of that. They, their flock will grow because God is the one that is sending people. Dorothy, God will send me to Texas soon. Hallelujah. A man of God who messages you, tells you, oh, I have a prophetic word for you. Suspect. <laughs> Major suspect. Major suspicious. Some of you need to be careful because I don't want somebody to message me, oh, because of this person, I'm like this, and then you associate it with me. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I want you to read this. 2 Corinthians chapter, eight, chapter 9 verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. Amen. Mm -hmm. And God is Can you able, say the verse so that just in case people... 2 Corinthians 9 mm -hmm. verse 8. Mm -hmm. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, mm -hmm. that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. One more time. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Notice what is grace. Grace is unmerited favor. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things. So God is giving you all sufficiency because of the grace that is given you. Meaning you're not lacking anything even at your weakest point because grace is following you. Uh -huh. may abound to every good work. So that you may abound, you can dwell. What does it mean to abound? The Bible says, do not abide in sin. It's saying, don't build your house upon sin. That you may abode on good works, meaning build your house on good works. Meaning, focus on good. Let everything that is positive come from you. Psalm 27 verse 13. I'm giving you these verses so that you yourself can go through them and you can build yourself and understand that you need to stop condemnation. There's something that uh, Prophet Evidence was teaching me and he was teaching me about how to unlock the power of God inside of you. And when, I w when he was teaching me these different dimensions of these things, I sat down and I was like, eish. Some of it I did it subconsciously, some of it I did not really understand. And he showed me certain things. You need to focus on the goodness of God because it is the only thing that brings you to repentance. Said Psalm 27 verse 13. Yes. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Read it again. I had fainted 
unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Notice, his strength failed until he believed that God is still good. God is still love. God is still merciful. He received strength. So many people just declare this. I will see the goodness of God on the land of the living, but they don't know it has more to pertain with themselves, their own strength. So what gives you strength is the goodness of God, not your good. If you pray and you think because of your prayer, you will receive results from God. You have pride. You're not depending that he's already good, that he will reward you because you are diligently have come to him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Your diligence of coming to him, you coming to him knowing that he is, is rewarding you because you came. So he's not rewarding you because of what you prayed. Your reward is because you came. You understood that he is good. This is my favorite. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. This verse changed my life. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. 1 John chapter 3, mm-hmm. verse 20. Yes. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart Aish. and knoweth all things. Read it again. <laughs> For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart yes. and knoweth all things. Can we just worship God for a second for this? Father, I thank you that you're greater than our hearts. You're greater than our thoughts. You're greater than our weakness. You're greater than our sin. You're greater than all these things. Yes, That you even came to us when we were still in darkness, oh Lord. Lord, you know all things, so nothing is hidden from you. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness. You are a beautiful God. You are a merciful God. How we love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you're greater than our hearts. How many times have you felt? How many times have you felt? I am not good enough. God is saying I am greater than what your heart is telling you. How many times have you said, oh, I am a fornicator. God is saying, that's what you see. But I am greater than what is in your heart. There's a song that you actually wrote. Yes. I think, and you sang it in church. It was maybe like two or three years ago. Yes. That's when God gave me that revelation. That's when God spoke to me. Then I realized, hey, even if my heart condemns me, meaning that it's not about how I feel. So some people will say, I felt like that person is evil. Are they really evil? (laughs) Is it your feelings? (laughs) (laughs) read it one more time I want you to read that verse one more time 1st John 3 20 yes for if our heart condemn us yes God is greater now remember your conscience condemns you because you know what you did is wrong Mm -hmm. that is why the Bible says therefore there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Read it. 1 John 3.20. Yes. For if our heart condemn us, yes. God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So if your heart is telling you, you are so bad, you say, well, God already knew that. That's why he gave me Jesus. Your heart tells you, oh, how could you do that? 
Well, God knew that I was going to do it. That's why he gave me the grace to walk on the grace of God. That's why he gave me salvation. So that's why he provided this. That's why he provided Prophet Lovey to teach me. That is why he provided this so that I can come out of this. God is greater than my heart. The sign of God's goodness towards you is that he's continually directing you to the right path. Romans chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Romans 2, verse 3 to 4. Yes. And thinkest thou this, yes. O man, mm-hmm. that judgest them which do such things, mm-hmm. and doest the same, mm-hmm. that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Notice what the Bible is saying. He's saying, you who is telling somebody you do this, But you yourself, you're doing the same thing. Do you think you'll escape the judgment of God? Meaning there is a way to escape the judgment of God if you don't point a finger. Because if I am going to condemn something, it means I have to be above it. Jesus, they brought the prostitute to him. They said, we found her in the very act. We found her in the very act, meaning they found her on top or under, sideways or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the man? Why did they just bring her? Because the man that brought her, the same one that was sleeping with her. How did the priest know the prostitute's house? How did the priest know when to catch her in the act? What were they doing observing her so that they can catch her in the act? Why was it all those years they never caught her in the act until Jesus came? They wanted to condemn her before Jesus. This is the church now. This is the real church now. A man of God can come and tell you, listen, we need to seek God more. We need to walk uprightly with God. He's not saying, you people... (laughs) you yeah when you do that you are saying you are God and you have sealed your fate I am not saying we should tolerate sin we should encourage each other out of sin that's why the Bible says repent your sins one from another and God will heal your land meaning I should be comfortable can I say this is it okay for me to say this yes yes Mm -hmm. Is it okay for me to say this? Let me, let me give you the scripture before I say something. <laughs> that will get me in trouble. <laughs> I, this one. This one is going to be this one. This one is going to, this is going to. John chapter 20, John chapter 20, from verse 22 to 23. Let me show you the extent of God's goodness. John 20, verse 22 to 23. Yes. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, mm-hmm. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. Mm-hmm. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Let me tell you the honest truth. You don't need to go to God for your sins. Mm. 
Might have to cut that one out. Uh, yeah, we may have to cut <laughs> it <awesome>. out. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, if I find a man of God filled with the Holy Spirit and I tell them, I did this and this, if he says, ah, God has already forgiven you. God indeed forgives me. It's a done deal. So whenever a man of God tells you, go unto God in repentance, their presence should be the presence of forgiveness and repentance. So anybody that is sending you, go and repent unto God. They have failed the duty of somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. A person filled with the Holy Spirit must be the person that looks at you and says, your sins have been forgiven you. Because somebody, Aish, I don't know, I don't know, Aish, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this one we need to cut it out. This one we may need to delete it. Let me tell you the truth. Even charismatic people filled with the Holy Spirit don't practice this. The only people that practice this, and it is biblical, it's the Catholics. The problem is the Catholics, many of them, they are not spiritual. They will tell you, go do 20 Hail Marys. <laughs> Say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. They say, what did you do? You tell them your sins. The truth is, because they are ordained, forget the, the different organization they belong to. Let me tell you the truth. Catholics are going to heaven. They believe in the birth, death, and resurrection of Christ. We may defy in doctrines. The doctrines stop you from going deeper with God. But whoever believed that Jesus is the Savior, whoever believed that he died and resurrected for our sins, he's saved. Somebody who has received the Holy Spirit, somebody that has been commissioned by God, can look at you, can look at a prostitute in the act and say, your sins have been forgiven, go and sin no more. Do you know why God heals people when you go to a real man of God? Because the man of God has to remove your sin, has to remove your guilt in order to heal you. I have seen more people in the world getting healed than even people in the church. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Aish, I don't know. I think I stepped on some toes here. Ouch. Jehovah's Witness is a cult. They don't believe. They don't believe in Christ being the Lord. They believe Christ is Angel Michael. They believe God never came in the flesh. Jesus was not God. Anybody that denounces the, the Lordship of the Lord Jesus is not of Christ. One day I will teach about the spirit of the Antichrist. And I will tell you the truth of it. So any man of God that say, you need to go and fast and repent. You need to go and fast and repent before God. They should have made the burden easy. And just look at you and say, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Notice every time Jesus, somebody came to him, he would say, so that you know that the son of man can forgive sin. And Jesus is saying, you will do more than me. One of the things that he did was forgive sin. Christians still want to send you to the cross. <laughs> 
yet you are the representative of the cross. The embassy of heaven has come to you. Guys, if you want to know who is walking with God and who is not, it's very simple. Do they believe in the fullness of the word of God? Do they believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? Do they believe that he died and rose again? Do they believe he's the only way to heaven? Whoever believes these things is going to heaven. But whoever denies even one of these things is not a born again Christian. It's a cult. That's the truth. I hear teaching. So you imagine how many people's blood is on people's, how many men of God that have blood on their hands simply because they never said your sin is forgiven. People are carrying condemnations, yet you, you can just look at somebody and say, no, 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 don't worry about that. The Lord is saying he has forgiven you, and that is the truth. Do you realize the presence of Moses with the children of Israel removed the wrath of God from them? The presence of the Lord Jesus removed the wrath of God from the whole earth. Jesus was already forgiving sin before he even died. People didn't need to go to the, to the temple and give sin offering, to give an offering to cleanse themselves. Jesus just looked at them and said, your sin are forgiven. John the Baptist is forgiving sin. John the Baptist is not saying, let us pray and ask God to forgive you. John the Baptist is taking water and saying, as I wash you with this water, your sins are being washed away. Who was the one washing sins? <laughs> Aish. That's why sin is a small thing. When you highlight it, you make it big. You become bound. Child. Finish it. Finish the verse. Wow. Read it from the top and finish it. John 20, verse 22. Yes. Oops. Okay. And when he had said this, he breathed on them yes. and saith unto them, uh -huh. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. Whosoever sins ye remit, remit, they are remitted unto them. Yes. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Meaning that if I did refuse, you hurt me and I say, Nah, this one, I'm not letting it go. It is God also not letting go. <laughs> I'll read it one more time. <laughs> no, leave it alone. This one will create, they will say, Again, prophet is doing some Aladdin things. <laughs> okay, go back to Romans. Romans 2, 2, uh, 2 verse 3 to 4. Romans chapter 2, 3 to 4, and I'll finish with this. Romans 2, verse 3 to 4. Yes. And thinkest thou this, O man, mm -hmm. that judgest them which do such things, mm -hmm. and doest the same thing, mm -hmm. that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, mm -hmm. or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Notice that. So when you judge people, what are you saying? You're saying God is not. Read that, the last verse. Or despiseth thou the riches you, of his goodness. So you are despising the riches of his goodness. So God is rich in goodness. So whoever is judging is despising the richness of God. He's spitting on the good, richness of God. They are saying he's not merciful enough. He's not forgiving enough. He's not full of grace. He's not quick in mercy. He's not slow in anger. And then he's asking you a question. Don't you know? That the goodness of God brings men to repentance. 
This is why a person will never truthfully repent because of hell. They will truthfully repent because they saw the goodness of God. Amen. When you know and express the love of God to people, people don't want to sin anymore. Father, I pray for everybody that is on here. I release the richest blessing upon them. I pray that this truth will enter them so that they may come to know your love that is abounding forever and ever. The love that you poured unto all mankind before the foundations of the earth. That we are barely starting to get knee deep. Some of us are waist deep. Some of us are completely covered, immersed under the water of your love. Like the earth was under the water in the beginning, so are, we, our, so are our desire to be overpowered and overcome by your goodness and your love. Father, I pray for everybody that is giving, multiply them, increase them in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray now, O oh Lord, I pray now, O oh Lord Jesus, I pray. Help us to walk close with you continually and daily. We depend on your righteousness. We depend on your goodness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. I love you all. I can't wait to be in New York this weekend. I'm going to be in New York from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm going to be in LA for a prophetic service on Thursday. And then I will be, and then I will be leaving uh, church, going straight to the airport, and I will be with Apostle Omar is going to be too much in New York. This is going to be, it's going to be at Kingdom Manor. It's going to be November 1st, 8 p.m., Saturday 2nd, 6 p.m., and Sunday 3rd, 2 p.m. It's going to be at Kingdom Manor International together with the great man of God, Apostle Omar. It's going to be at 5809 Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. And the zip code is 11234. So make sure if you're in the New York area, Jersey area, in that area, and you want to see the prophet, we are going to do some dangerous, prophetic, and miraculous things to the glory of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord bless you. I love you more than you can understand. And Jesus loves you even more than that. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. This is Prophet Lovi. You're so mighty, but you're full of compassion. You're the giver of a life everlasting. You're the savior of the world, Messiah. All I need, I find in you, provider. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful, glory, glory. My heart sings, perfect suffering king, God of everything. Glory, glory to you. I lift my hands to worship. I lift my eyes to seek your holy face. I lift my voice. To honor you, yeah. There's no one else like you, Lord. I lift you.
I don't understand you and love you so patient. You surround me with your grace, it's amazing. Forgiving the way that I've been and you changing the old me, old me. I didn't know who I could be till you showed me. Worthy, wonderful, awesome, powerful, glory, glory. Perfect sovereign King, God of everything. Glory, glory 